Let me define for you joy, would you? Joy in the Old Testament, joy in the New Testament, and joy in our Testament. <laughs> They're all different, you know that. In the book of, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew word for joy means to leap or to spin around with pleasure. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody just got so full of joy this morning, they jumped up and yelled, Amen, and sat right back down. Of course, we'd need a lot of smelling sauce to wake some of you folk up that got all shook up because somebody got full of joy. How long has it been since you got so full of God and so full of joy you just could not maintain and it just spilled out on somebody? Joy in the Old Testament is David coming home after slaying his ten thousands, praising and dancing before the army of God. Joy is seeing the giant Goliath hit the ground and a shepherd boy victorious over the enemy of God. Joy. It's not something we contain. Joy is something that we release. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for joy means to leap or to spin around with pleasure and excitement. In the New Testament, the Greek word means gladness, bliss, and celebration. In the English dictionary that I looked at this morning, it meant very Glad feeling. There's a difference between happiness and joy, and I've explained it to you before, but happiness comes from what's going wrong around what's going on around us, to what the world is doing, and happiness comes from the world from the outside in. It's an external thing. It's uh comes and goes in and out. I'm happy if my wife don't burn the biscuits. Some are happy even if she endeavors to cook biscuits. Some are not happy if they are heavenly biscuits. Just not happy at all. Happiness. Well, how's your meal? I'm happy with my meal. How's your wife? You'll move on to the next question. Are you happy with your dog? Yes, I'm glad. Happiness is on the outside. Happiness is controlled by the outside. Happiness is controlled by what you have, what you don't have, what you want, what you don't want, what makes you tick, what don't make you tick. Happiness can be as small as a poodle and big as a St. Bernard. Happiness can be a smiling wife and it can turn in a moment. Smile wife. See how happy I am? She smiled, I'm happy. But joy does not come from the outside. Joy 
comes from the Holy Spirit on the inside. The Bible says in Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and so forth and so on. Joy is produced by the Holy Spirit on the inside that comes to fruition on the outside. You see what I'm talking about? You can't marry enough people to give you joy. If you didn't get joy out of this one, don't try it on the next one. That ain't going to work either because it don't come from the outside. Joy does not come because of the size of your dwelling. It does not come because of the marker on the front of your automobile. Joy comes because of relationship with Jesus Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit of God because joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. May I help you a little bit? Happiness is what happens to me. Joy is what is happening in me. You understand that? I'd like to help you a little bit Notice in your Bible, John chapter 5, I mean chapter 15, just back one page, John chapter 15 and verse 11. Watch this. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain where? In you. And that your joy might be full. Your joy is determined by his joy that's in you. And that is determined on those things that he has spoken to you. Have you spent any time this week in the word of God, allowing the word of God to produce the joy that God can put in you and live through you? You see what I'm talking about? Watch this. I'd like to show you this. Psalms 1, Psalm 16 in your Bible. Take just a minute. Turn there. Psalm 16 and verse 11. Talking about what's going on in you and in me. Watch this. Psalm 16, verse 11. The Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, And in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are the pleasures, are pleasures forevermore. Notice three things in that verse. He mentioned a path. He mentions the presence and he mentions the pleasures. Notice, he said, my path, thou will show me the path of life. Now, the Bible said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. You know the rest. And all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct what? Are you on his path? 
Are you walking where he wants you to walk? Are you going where he wants you to go? Are you talking like he wants you to talk? Are you thinking like he wants you to think? May I say to you, he that is in his path will experience his presence. And in his presence is what? Look in your Bible. Fullness of joy. Maybe what we're trying to do is be happy and not be joyful. Maybe what we're trying to do is let the outside fulfill all of these longings of our heart. And if we can just make the flesh happy, we'll be happy. What you've got to realize is happiness is never permanent. If you don't think things can change at your house, just leave for about a day and then come back. If you think things can't change on your job, just get a job. If you think things won't change when you get old, just stick around. If you think things don't change on the outside, the reason we're so miserable is because we are absolutely dependent on happiness instead of God's joy. Huh? You know, would one more trip to the lake make you happy? How long will it last? Oh, till the next trip. One, one more trip to the vacation park where your mobile home and your boat and your poodle, will that make you happy? How long will it last? Well, if you went last week, it didn't last this week because the smile's not there. Could it be we're looking at the wrong place for the wrong thing? And because of that, we're a sad testimony to the joy and grace of God in our life. You used to could ask the Baptist how he feels, but now you can't. You don't have time. Take you the rest of the day to find out just how bad things are. As if I was the one that had their kids. The path, the presence. Notice the pleasures. Pleasures. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Spiritual pleasures. Eternal pleasures. Lasting pleasures. Pleasures that don't fade away and pleasures that don't grow old. Eternal dividend pleasures of serving the Lord. Amen. You know, I read, and what was so shocking to me, I was reading through the book of Galatians, and Paul asked that Galatian church, those Galatian Christians, where is the blessedness you spoke of? Paul said, there was a time when I came to you folks, I was having trouble with my eyes, and you were so enthused with serving God and so caught up in serving God that ye would have plucked out your own eyes and give to me. And now you've become my enemy. Where is the blessedness of it all? He says to that church, what happened? 
to your joy? What happened to your excitement about Sunday rolling around? What happened about that? Could I please talk to you just about 15 minutes concerning joy stealers in your life? What has robbed you of the joy of the Lord? You said, I still have it. Me too. Joy stealers. Can I give them to you? There'll be three of them. You say, I can't handle three. Well, you can go to the bathroom after the second one. And perhaps it's not applicable to you. Perhaps you're still rip-raring and ready to go. Can't wait till church service this evening at 6, 6.30. But just in case it's happened, could I speak to you for just a moment on joy stealing? Stealers of joy. First one I'd like to talk to you about is unsatisfied expectations. When you got saved, what did you expect? When you got married, what did you expect? You will say, well, not this. <laughs> How long did it take for the honeymoon to wear out? What about when the body begins to change geographically? Well, I'm not as excited as I used to be. The Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. When you got that job, what did you expect? Disappointed, are you? Well, I thought marriage would be better than this. I really, you know, that car run good when I bought it. Sucker been tore up 90% of the time. What did you expect? Well, when I joined the church, the preacher was always so enthusiastic. How many years ago was that? <laughs> I hope you're getting joined because of me. If you join because of me, you won't hang around long. Uh, well, you see, many of us, we get saved and we just, somebody told us once we got saved, our problem was gone. 
There would be no more issues. There would be, we wouldn't have to pay bills. We could just pray and God would drop it right out of heaven, right in to the uh, electrical box and into the telephone box and into the, uh, the, the, the bank box. And, and yeah, what, what did you really expect when you got saved? Because that's most generally the reason the joy departs because we're living with unrealistic expectations. Do you know that Christians get sick? What a bummer it is for a child of God to have a snotty nose. Did you know that Christian kids are brats? Did you know that Christian kids have no morals? That morals are taught by the parents? And the parents are too busy to teach kids morals than they raise immoral kids. What did you expect when you got saved that God was just going to throw a bucket of holy honey right on top of your house and your problems were gone? Don't you think it's about time you woke up and smell the roses? Christians have problems too. Christian husbands and wives occasionally disagree. You say, how do you know that? I'm a Christian and I have a wife. Marriages have problems. Relationships on the job, relationships at the church, relationships in the family, relationships here, relationships there. What do you expect with relationships? And you blame God because you can't get along with your brothers and your sisters and your mamas and your daddies. And well, it just God ain't in it. No, you're not in it. And you're dealing with life that is unrealistic if you think you're not going to have problems and you don't have to pay bills and you don't have to go to work and you don't get sick. You're living in a la-la land. And that's why your joy is gone. Because you are handling this job all by yourself. Amen. Unrealistic, unrealized, unsatisfied expectations. Why should I pray? Well, ask and you shall receive. Why? That your joy may be full. That's a lot cheaper than a marriage counselor and a lot more enduring. The next time you want to hit your husband right between the eyes with your fist, why don't you say, honey, let's pray? He'll say, let's do it immediately. Because <laughs> he don't want you to swat him between the eyes. 
Why should we pray? Get more junk? Why should we pray? How about that our joy may be full? Would that work? Now, my wife and I, we are praying 24 hours a day for seven days. We're fasting and praying for seven days. And if you need some help praying, come over at my house. You'll see we need prayer. Because Bailey Boo Boo does not realize it's time to go to bed. And she don't realize we have got snoop eyes on her all the time. And she thinks it's real funny jumping up and down in the middle of her bed when she ought to be sleeping. This week, God's testing our joy. And we are losing the battle. I said, go beat her. Whoop her. <laughs> well, what did we expect when we told those folk we'd keep them rugrats? Unsatisfied expectations. We're all filled with them. And then after all of those expectations, just dealing with life, just, just, just life. Man, it's tough dealing with life and staying on the top side of life. If it ain't hurting, it's planning on to hurt. Huh? And if it ain't hurting, it ain't working. And if it's working, it's hurting. And life is tough. Trying to get ahead, trying to stay ahead, trying to stay atop of things, trying to stay in front of the family, trying to provide, trying to, hey, un unrealized expectations robs us of our joy. So why should I pray that my joy may be full. Amen. My wife deserves a husband who can come home with a positive outlook, with an outlook of faith, depending on a God that's big enough to grab a hold of any situation in my life and eradicate it and change it for the glory of God. Even at midnight in the jailhouse, Christians have a song. Even in a bankruptcy court, Christians have a song because what's going on the outside does not affect what's going on on the inside. Can anybody say amen? amen. I need to close. Why? Because it's 12 o'clock and we need to feed the babies. Un- Satisfied expectation. Could I give you another one probably that no one can identify with, but unresolved conflicts. 
unresolved conflicts. You say, preacher, why would a Christian have conflicts? Because they know people. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, watch this. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26. And be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I now jump to verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. You see, if we grieve the Spirit of God in our heart, he does not produce the Spirit's fruit. And that is joy. The Bible says, verse 31, and let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, verse 32, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Unresolved conflicts. Conflicts demands our mental and emotional attention. Pride, selfishness, hate, bitterness, and anger in the heart leaves no place for joy. Anger. Booker T. Washington said, no man is able to force me so low as to make me hate him. He also said, hating someone is like burning down the house to get rid of rats. Unconfessed, unresolved conflicts. I read this morning, Hebrews chapter 12, I want to read for you just a couple of verses. Verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see the Lord. Now verse 15, Hebrews chapter 12. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Are you extending grace in your life to others? Or do you expect others to be like you want them to be? Or are you willing to extend grace to allow them to be what God would have them to be? The Bible says that any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Oh, you ask me, preacher, why should you pray? Why should I pray? Ask, and you shall receive that your joy huh, may be what? You got room? You know where you get joy? You get joy from the Lord. Amen. See, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, the psalmist said, there may be darkness in, in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Think about that. Unsatisfied expectations 
unresolved conflicts. Let me close. Unconfessed sin. First John is written to Christians. First John says, if any man say he's not sinned, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. Huh? But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The man after, day, after God's own heart was named David. David fell off into sin. See, the difference between a, a sinner and a saint is a sinner is lusting after sin. A saint falls into sin. A sinner is looking for sin. A saint stumbles and falls into sin. And David has stumbled and David has fallen into deep sin. And the prophet confronts him. And then David realizes where his joy is gone. And he says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Blot out my transgressions. You see, he's just doing what Jesus said we ought to do. Ask and we shall receive that our joy may be full. Now David, when he's praying his prayer, is full of sin. And Nathan has confronted him with his sin. And now he's full of repentance. He's realizing he's lost something. For I acknowledge my transgression as my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. He says, hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities, he says. Create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. Why should I pray that my joy might be full? Could I ask you today in closing, what are you full of? The world, the flesh, pride, arrogance, or the joy of the Lord.
That's a good reason to pray.